Welcome to another edition of the Common Sense Podcast. A common sense uh, approach to real estate. I'm your host, Kurt Boomershank from The Right Creative with our real estate expert and star of the show from Remax Realty Group, Carmen Leonardo. Hello. Hey, Kurt. How's it going? It's going well. Before a- before we get to uh, uh, talking about what's going on in real estate and our guest, um, let's uh, tell people where to find you. Sure. Uh, well, uh, the easiest way is to uh, send me a text message uh, to 585-233-4119 uh, or, of course, email carmen.lenardo at remax.net. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Um, before we get to Tom from Warren Enger- Engineering, uh, what's going on in the market? Well, you know, uh, again, we try not to uh, date these uh, podcasts, but uh, we are in the middle of August, uh, towards the end of August, and um, typically uh, in August, things slow down a little bit. Uh, People start taking advantage of uh, the warmer weather, their uh, family vacations, and uh, so forth. And uh, this year, um, you know, we're kind of seeing the same thing going on. The market's kind of on a little bit of a slowdown, but it's still very active out there, still busy. Lots of buyers out there. Um, you know, there's some some stuff uh, coming on the market. Uh, continues through uh, through the summer, um, and um, as is typical, I think what we'll see is um, a resurgence of uh, activity post Labor Day uh, for the fall market. Okay, I was just going to ask about that. Yeah, oh. and it, and I think this year too, because um, you know, I think in our area we're blessed with a um, a fairly low rate of uh, the uh, the COVID virus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, folks are getting out there; they're enjoying uh, time with their family and friends, and uh, you know, that's uh, having an impact on the market a little bit too. So they're taking advantage of all that stuff, right? Yeah, and actually getting kids ready for. Going back to school. Yeah, going back to school is uh, coming up. I think uh, districts are starting a little bit later uh, yeah. this year. Uh, I know that uh, our district is uh, starting on uh, the 10th. 10th. 10th of September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Jack, uh, famous Jack here. My in fact, son Jack is, is sitting in. Yeah, Jack so is with here. Us. Uh, um, and uh, he's uh, getting uh, ready to do the uh, hybrid model. Three days, uh, three days at home and uh, two days at school. Yeah, should be fun. Yeah. Fingers crossed that it works out. Um, anything else? No, that's it. You know, um, I would, uh, you know, encourage folks to um, that are interested in buying a home to get out there and uh, be patient. Uh, if you are working with a uh, skilled um, uh, agent um, and uh, follow their guidance, uh, you, you will end up with uh, your dream home. Just be patient. Right, right. With inventory the way it is, Correct. as you said, yeah. 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 All right, we have uh, our guest, Tom Werzer from Warren Engineering. It's a well-respected uh, inspection company in Rochester, New York, since uh, 1976. We were trying not to give away our ages earlier, Tom. Yeah, well, we started the company when I was seven years old, so. Yeah, yeah. he's been inspecting houses ever since. Yep. Since, yeah. yeah, since he bought his first Kiss album. Yeah, so. 1976? <laughs> Seventy-seven, I think, was the Kiss album. But yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah. So why do we have Tom here with us? Well, you know, um, uh, home inspections um, are a very important part of the uh, real estate process, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, they're uh, typically 
you know, a buyer will make their offer contingent on a satisfactory uh, um, home inspection. And, and I'll let Tom explain uh, what that involves because, you know, it's not just simply a cursory look of, um, of the home uh, and the property. Um, it, can, uh, it can involve uh, other elements, more specific look at um, like the furnace or the, uh, the air conditioning um, if they want that, uh, an inspection for uh, uh, pests, uh, particularly mm-hmm. uh, wood-boring insects, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, chimney and uh, radon testing. And um, uh, what uh, has been a very hot topic uh, for many years now is uh, the presence of mold and mold remediation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Tom's company, uh, Warren Engineering, uh, does testing for that um, and so forth. So I'll let him talk about, uh, you know, all of that, uh, all of that fun stuff. But um, so you, we typically see that uh, on the buy side. Occasionally, um, when somebody is preparing to sell their home, uh, they will have um, a home inspection done. Um, for their own peace of mind, knowing that they are going to convey their property um, in good shape um, mm-hmm. to the next buyer, and they will actually um, go through it and um, you know and make some of the suggested repairs and improvements and so forth. Um, you know uh, that's not something that we um, uh, always recommend. Um, you know, uh, because now you may discover something that you don't want to fix, and now right. you, now you need to disclose it. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, that um, it can be a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, my first question is then, to both of you, is an inspection required? No, it's not. No, you don't have to do an inspection. I mean, more of it's on the contract side of things and whether or not uh, one's going to be done. And lately, fewer and fewer are being done, I think, with the market conditions and the competition that's out there. Um, so we're seeing more various inspections, like you were talking about, more pre-purchase inspections where mm-hmm. people uh, are more pre-listing inspections where people are getting the inspection done before they put the house up for sale. And then we're seeing some where they bought the house and even though they did it without an inspection, they're getting an inspection afterwards just to know what to take care of, what's old, what's new, mm-hmm. what they should do. And we're seeing some interesting situations yeah. out of that. Uh, a lot of buyer's remorse in some cases, I'm sure. Yeah, we've even heard recently, just a couple of days ago, about somebody suing somebody else because they told them the roof was, you know, six years old, and I told them it was about fifteen years old, and then a <laughs> roofer came and said, "Yeah, he's right, it's about fifteen years old." Ah. I don't think they're going to get anywhere suing him, but it, yeah, it well, makes everybody's life uncomfortable. Yeah, because what what happens is, you you know, there are um, a couple of areas on the purchase and sale contract where you, you know, you check that you are making it subject to ins- inspection mm-hmm. or you are declining, uh, the inspection. And, um, you know, most, uh, real estate brokerages have their own waiver, um, so that the buyer is, is, um, you know, uh, if you didn't catch the check mark on the thing, you're actually signing a document that's saying that you're, you know, you're waiving your right to inspect, uh, and you release, you know, um, the parties from liability. Uh, but you know, um, as uh, as we were answering the question, I thought of a uh, of an instance in where an inspection is required, um, and um, it's not required, uh, you know, in uh, in the in the law anywhere that says that you have to do uh, an inspection. However, um, in at least one case, I know a lender uh, that is a mortgage banker, and uh, they're basically lending you know private money. Um, it requires uh, that the okay. property be inspected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's on the on the lending side, right? Right, like an 
FHA, right? No, no, no. This would be someone, uh, an, an outfit that is lending investors money. Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's a private mortgage. Gotcha. So, Tom, I see you have eight inspectors, and the uniqueness of your inspectors is that they're also engineers. Correct. Yep. That hopefully makes us different and a little uh, more advantageous compared to a lot of the other firms. Many times we'll get called by someone and it frustrates me because they'll say, well, I had a house inspected, but the guy came through and he saw this crack in the wall and he saw this slope over here and he told me I need to get an engineer to look at it. So I, I need to have mm. you guys come out and, and then I'll be saying, okay, well, you just paid him X amount of money. Now you got to pay me this amount of money. You could have just paid me about the same what you paid him. And you would have had right. it all done. Why didn't you do that? Well, my, my agent told me to use this guy, or, or I saw this guy in the yellow pages and, you know, called him. So, yeah, a lot of times we just say, you know, next time, call the engineer the first time, and you'll get through this a lot faster and more efficiently. Yeah, you know, I think that that's, um, uh, that's uh, pretty good advice. I mean, there's lots of... Um, there's lots of people running uh, home in uh, inspection um, businesses out there, but you know they're not engineers, and so when it comes to something that is uh, structural, um, they're really not qualified to, you know, to give to give an opinion one way or another. Right, and we've also got a, a personal liability just pretty much by state law. If you're an engineer, um, you know, if I'm a home inspector past uh, handyman, I make a home inspection company and. Mm-hmm. I, I miss that your place is falling down and you've got to do $50,000 of repairs. And I say, well, I'm just going to go bankrupt instead of helping you out with that. You, you can pretty much do that uh, a lot more easily than if you're an engineer, you're pretty much personally liable for things. So it really puts a, a higher level of due diligence on us to really make okay. sure we're looking at things closely and giving you the correct advice. So, what uh, describe um, describe a typical uh, home inspection? Well, typically the realtor brings donuts and coffee first, <laughs> and we make sure we have at least one chocolate yeah. covered with the white cream inside. There uh-huh. it is. That That's pretty favorite? much the key part of cream the inspection. Or cream or custard? I like the sugary cream the stuff, sugary not, cream, the, not the not the pudding the fluffy like stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. But once we get past that point, which very few realtors bring donuts nowadays, I'm, that's kind of been a change that I haven't enjoyed in the inspection industry. Mm. But uh, beyond that, uh, we basically go through the place uh, top to bottom or bottom to top, and it's a visual look at everything as well as trying out everything that stays with the house. So appliances, you know, running them through a whole cycle of things just to hear if you're hearing crazy noises, if it's not working right. Same with the furnace and the air conditioner, running those to make sure they go through the cycles right. But it's, uh, you know, looking through the whole house visually for any clues. And a lot of it is the biggest culprit in a house is water, water damage. So looking through the basement for any rod or water damage, things that attract carpenter ants like water. Mm. Um, you know, we're, we've, we're kind of like your general doctor. You go to the doctor and have them give you a physical and we're giving the house a physical. And... A lot of times your general doctor knows a lot to be quite dangerous, but they still recommend you go see the uh, orthopedic surgeon after after they mm-hmm. talk to you. Sure. And, and sometimes we do that as well. So, I mean, we'll see that there's, there's bees, there's ants, there's flying squirrels, there's crazy spiders that are three inches in diameter. And we say, you might want to call the exterminator too. Right. <laughs> to look at that. And it's the same thing with the furnace, you know, going to a specialist on that. But we... 
from our years of experience, we got a lot, a lot of experience in all of those things to be dangerous. So, you know, we're looking at the foundations and the sills and the joists and how it's constructed. And there's houses where we're crawling underneath them on our hands and knees on dirt floor crawl spaces um, to look at all that stuff. And you kind of get a history of the house by looking at all that stuff, what repairs have been made, what repairs haven't been made. Um, and looking at the mechanical electrical systems and the plumbing, um, the attic is another key thing. Very few people go and look at the attic crawl space until they get the inspection done. And you know, you're looking for pests and looking for mold and how much insulation do I have? Is it well ventilated? Am I blowing the shower moisture up there? Um, is there any treasure up there that we can find? You know, <laughs> right. to share? Coffee and donuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, usually the donuts <laughs> are in the attic. I haven't gotten no. into that one yet. <laughs> no. But no. it's looking through all those things and kind of getting a full picture too, because all these things interact. So you don't want to just look at the uh, the rot in the basement and say, there's rot in the basement. Okay, so what, what's that mean? Well, how did it happen? Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to look outside to see that. You got to look above it to see it. You got to run things to see if something's actively leaking. We mm-hmm. have moisture meters to check things. We have thermal imaging cameras to look at things. Um, it's all that kind of stuff. And putting it all together is one whole thing, just like the doctor giving you the physical. I mean, they might see the mole there and they they look at other things and interview about what your habits were and, and, right. and figure out why that is and should we do any other testing or, or now, is a, is make a, a repair. Is a, is a buyer typically with you during the inspection? I'd say about 80% of the time the buyer's yeah. there. We'd prefer it that way. We'd rather have them see it firsthand because okay. everything looks worse in writing. Um, right. You know, when you say that there's a rotted piece of wood and they can see it and it's only five inches in diameter and they touch it and go, yeah, that's not that bad. That's a little different than when they get the report with the picture of the rotted wood and then, right. oh my gosh, my house is rotting out. What, what am I going to do about exactly. this? So it's it's also good that they can be there, ask questions about what should they be doing about things? Mm-hmm. What should they do to maintain the house? Um, and it's especially good when they're a first-time buyer to be there. Right. Uh, um, do you have uh, flexible hours and, you know, based on people's schedules to do these inspections? Somewhat. I mean, okay. everyone would wish we're more flexible than we are, I would say. Right. You know, if we could start at 8 a.m. and start at 6 p.m., people would take those immediately. Sure. Um, as well as Saturdays and Sundays. So we do some inspections at those times, but admittedly, we try to live somewhat of a normal life as well and uh, do a lot of our inspections during the day, mm-hmm. during the work day. But we do... Uh, start as late as 3, 4, sometimes 5 p.m. at night. And uh, on the weekends, uh, we have Saturday and Sunday coverage uh, where a bunch of our engineers will do inspections at that time. Okay. Yeah. But how long, uh, I don't want to, I guess ballpark, because every house is different, but what kind of time investment do you usually I always tell people the biggest variable is how much do you want to talk. (laughs) Um, I think that came up recently with Carmen even. So I just... You know, basically, you can get through a house in 40 to 60 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, average size house, if you don't say a word. And basically, it's a data gathering exercise. I mean, you're probing things, you're looking at things, you're taking pictures, and you get all that, and you're taking your notes, and then you put all that together into a report. But a lot of that putting together, we do after the fact. Some of the people, some of the inspectors will do it at the inspection, but some of them might sit in their car for an hour with you waiting for them to come back mm. on that, which is sometimes a waste of a lot of people's time. But uh, it can take... I schedule, we all schedule different spacings between our inspections for travel and things. I admit I've got to a point where I, I want to be more laid back, so I schedule them three hours apart. Um, when I first started this, we scheduled them two hours apart, and I did four every day. Now we do two or three a day maybe. 
Okay. Um, and there's a lot more to it now. You're going to get a report with pictures and right. and a lot more information. In the old days, it was five, six pages of text, and That's here it. you go. The house is pretty good, but there's two things wrong in the end. Right. Um, now you've got 30 pictures in there and right. the details with little arrows pointing to everything. I have to imagine that um, with all of the homes that you've inspected um, since you've been doing this, uh, you you must have come across some pretty weird stuff from time to time, right? We do. Yeah, yeah. I try to erase a lot of that from my memory, but <laughs> some of it some of it's indelible. And give and us give us a, give us um, give us an example of some you know some weird stuff that I you've think seen. I've, I think I've been telling you guys, yo, there's different things. I've, I've had a couple graves in the basements of houses. Graves. Yes. Yep. There's uh, usually there's rumors of what they are, but who knows what they really are. A lot of times it's usually just the first name of the person on there. And so they'll say it was the Underground Railroad in the 1800s. And it usually makes sense because the one house was in the town of Parenton in Fairport. And the house had been erected on top of a foundation of an older house. Mm. And there was a marble gravestone there. That part of the basement was not dug as deeply as any other part of the basement. And I don't remember the name of that one because it was before we were taking pictures back around probably the year 2000 or so. And uh, so that was one of them. And then I had a grave in the last couple of years that I sent you a picture of that that was over more towards Seabreeze area yeah. in a very old structure. And that, we think, was a, more of a child's grave. It wasn't mm. very big, but uh, had the name on there. So that's interesting. No, but, that's just darn, that's just creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll have farmhouses with gravestones out front and things. And well, I've had ones sense. where there's pieces yeah. of gravestones I'll find. Right. That I think it was, I'd like to think it was just a guy that made gravestones that said, oh, here's some rejects. I'm going to use these for blocking and structural components. Mm-hmm. But uh, you never know. Okay. Uh, to parlay that. <laughs> so have you gone to a house where somebody said, this house is haunted, just FYI? Uh, that one with the grave in Fairport, the guy buying it, is going to have his office on the first floor. It was a, it's a four family. Yeah. And there, there was a tenant there that had been living there for about 14 years. And this guy buying it wanted to believe there's ghosts really bad. Yeah. So he went to the tenant and said, so, you know, you ever, you ever hear noises at night, anything crazy? And the tenant looked at him like he was from outer space. He's yeah. like, no, are you nuts? Yeah. And you could tell the guy's face just dropped like, Oh, that's too bad. Darn. I was really hoping you'd say there's some ghosts around here. Houses but I do have, I have some pictures that look like spirits, and I'm not sure what they are. Yeah, um, with your, you've got, because you've yeah, got that yeah, thermal so, imaging. So. But, and, well, one of them was regular pictures that I took, and the weird part was is an 1800s house in Brockport. Yeah. And I get to the, it's, we do the first floor, old farmhouse, and the stairs to the second floor were gone. The people hadn't used the second floor for like 40, 50 years for some reason. Wow. So I had to get my ladder to get to the second floor. So I inspect the second floor on my own. Nobody follows me up there. Then there's a little hatch that you can barely fit your arms up through to look at the attic above that. And I couldn't even fit my shoulders through it. I'm not Mr. Big here. But uh, so I just stuck my arm up there and just took like three, four pictures. That's crazy. So I don't even look at it. I come back to the computer at night and there's just these wispy, oh. wispy looking figures and stuff on there. Wow. And who knows if it's some uh, strange spider formation thing. But, it's an orb. But you never know. But it was a creepy enough house to say, yeah, maybe there's spirits. But uh, yeah. overall, I don't believe too much in that stuff because I figure with the volume of houses we look at, you know, out of twelve or 13,000 houses, I think I would have run into more of that. Yeah, but, you think? But maybe they right. only come out at night and no, I'm not there at night. Well, yeah, that's well, what the show you gotta, is. You got to leave you. it open. You never so, know. Wow. 
Well, that's not uh, our I, typical inspection that no, we're looking for. No. We, we Sorry we got we there, We should folks, add to our but, agreement form that we don't inspect for spirits or ghosts, but right. we haven't really put that on there. What about, uh, you know, you, you sent some pictures of some pretty... There's some nasty cool, bugs creepy there. Creepy looking bugs. Yeah. yeah, and I had one this week. I didn't add to that. It was... Uh, in the 19th ward up on the, on the sidewalk, I put my pen next to it for a picture. It was a slug that was about six inches long. A slug, like yeah. a snail. Yeah, and I'm wow. not sure. Do you know if you can cook those up or anything? Is there any Italian Probably. dishes that Probably. you can yeah. make with those? A little garlic, a little some escargot, butter. but yeah. that's French. Yeah, without the yeah. shell. I mean, without you don't have to take it out of the shell that way, so it's a little easier. Well, once you just throw them in boiling water, they sort of come yeah. out of the shell. They scream. Oh, okay. On their own, yeah. That's good to know. We'll get to that later but yeah, during our wolf, wolf <laughs> spiders. Some... Wolf spiders. This I was going to say brown recluse. Uh, more of the wolf spiders. But like they, the I think spiders. the wolf spiders don't create a web. I think they jump on you. Yeah, they're jumpers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had those in around quite. So if you're near Durand uh, Eastman Park, you might want to watch out for that. Jumping along spiders. with the turkeys and the and the deer that were in the yard. Yeah. Yeah. See that? Can you, the camera pick that up? Some, some, yep. It's tough to focus on those. That one up in the... the there's the, a hairy one up uh, there, too. Yeah, the cross yeah. from the turtle. That one looks I, wicked. Yeah, the turtle was pretty nice there, too. It has a big, like, stinger off the back of it there. That t- turtle looks like its tail is pretty... Uh, yeah. Pretty so, tight. now, based on that, you guys, so all of you engineers must be somewhat of contortionist, and you've got to crawl into some really tough places and go into basements and things like that. Yeah, you have to kind of get over your claustrophobia, and just kind of breathe deeply and relax that you will get out of there. And if that you don't, you hope somebody calls. Yeah. But uh, I mean, if you got in, right, chances are yeah, pretty good. Yeah, you, you can get, get out. The toughest but. ones are the, the dirt floor crawl space is usually under your nice lake homes. I mean, the lake home mm. will be a million dollars, but there's a, a hatch you can barely get down through to go under there to look at how things are underneath there. Um, the attics are more just sweating your tail off right. when mm-hmm. you're up there and it's 120 mm-hmm. degrees. Mm and making sure that you don't just faint before you get out kind of a thing, mm-hmm. as well as getting on roofs. But after a while, you, it's, you enjoy it, and that's you always say to yourself, you got to rationalize it and say, that's better than me sitting at the desk looking at the computer, which I'll be doing later that night anyway. Right, right. But uh, that's that's mostly it. I mean, the roof thing is always funny because like if I'm at my own house, I'm scared to death shaking to get on the roof. But when it's my job and I got to go there, it's just, yeah, let's just hop off the ladder, run up there, look at the chimney, come back down, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But if it's at your own house, you're like, okay. And literally one of our inspectors injured himself by falling off his own roof. But he has never fallen off off another roof in uh, basically 31 years. But but he fell off his own roof. Tell us a little bit about... like what uh, what a mold uh, inspection or analysis they say they call like. a mold assessment yeah and it's a visual assessment you typically don't do testing um, and the mold law is complicated and lots of things are complicated I mean engineers are regulated by the office of professions but home inspectors are off uh, regulated by the division of licensing and mold inspectors are regulated by the Department of Labor so hmm. uh, we've got to be those three things pretty much um, dealing with three different organizations. And basically, New York made a law several years ago, maybe five years or so, that said in order to tell somebody that you got mold, you have to be a licensed mold assessor. Um, and in order to tell them how to treat it, you have to be one. So if okay. we see stains that are mold, then technically you're supposed to get a mold assessment done. And that assessment is a plan of how to remediate it. And that gives, gotcha. gets given to a mold remediator. And then mm-hmm. the assessor comes back after it's remediated to say, mm-hmm. give it the blessing that it was you have now been yeah. remediated, remediated properly. But if it's less than 10 square feet, 
you don't need to have it assessed, then the remediator can just come in and clean it. Mm. So that's always something to keep in mind, that if it's just a small spot that the home inspector finds, you don't have to get that mold assessment done. Um, you can mm. just go to the cleaner and get it cleaned. Right, right. Awesome. And I am allergic to mold, so that's my other oh, test, that if it's really test. bad, you'll see me coming out of the basement with my eyes watering. Yeah. yeah. Mold cats and one dust mite out of four. I've got to remember that. I also got to remember the coffee and donuts. Who knew? Who knew? There used to now be a do. couple of realtors that were very notorious. I could count on them, but they're gone. They're, they're gone. They're yeah. gone by the wayside. Yeah. And would that affect the outcome of the inspection? It all? typically gets it done faster. <laughs> There's no doubt there. The coffee and donuts will speed up things yeah, quite uh, a bit. I, I'm bringing coffee and donuts. Yeah, that's sense. what you got to yeah. do anytime yeah. Tom's doing it. Now, now, speaking of which, if you, you mentioned your report and- I've seen it because, actually, <clears throat> they did our house in East Rochester. Yeah, they did. Um, I think it was Tom, wasn't it? It was Tom. Don't, don't talk about what we missed or anything. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> that was the thing. You were very, very thorough. But we still, I mean, we got it inspected as the buyer. <clears throat> and you talked about inspecting for your own purposes. Do you look at that other inspection report? and Or do you just start from the beginning? You mean if we've been there before? If you've been there before or if you look at another inspector's report? Right. Uh, I admit, most of the time I'm kind of lazy and I don't look at the old report first. Mm -hmm. But I'll try to remember to look at it before I'm done or gotcha. before I send the report out. Um, and just to get a background. And we've been doing this for so long that a lot of houses we go to we've been to before. Right. But a lot of those were before we took pictures and were quite as much detail. But it is good to look at that for kind of the history again for, well, they had a problem there, but that's been fixed. Okay. And you can tell that sometimes. Or, no, they've never addressed that. And Especially when it comes to things like foundation cracks and foundation movement, it's great to have that past reference mm -hmm. to look at to say, okay, we said there's a quarter-inch crack there. There's still a quarter-inch crack there. Or we said there's a quarter-inch crack there. And guess what? It's a half-inch now. Uh, so right. your house is sinking into Lake Ontario, and you might <laughs> want to be worried. Um, that type of thing. So... And you get to know a lot, a different subject. I mean, you get to know a lot just from the geographic area. Like, I'd be scared to start just start doing home inspections in even Syracuse or another town because it gets to the point where you see that address and you go, okay, mm. I know that address. I better be really leery about termites. I better be really leery about uh, expansive clay soil, leery about sandy soil and and places falling in. Mm -hmm. um, so you get to know what each place is notorious for, wet basements, different things. Now, admittedly, that's kind of a bias, but you bring that with you to help you make sure you don't miss anything. And it, it really helps to have that experience. Tom, uh, what about radon? Radon, I mean, it's weird. I, I wish I knew the history of how it got involved in, uh, in home inspection and home buying and selling more, but... Uh, yeah, you know, radon is a, a gas that comes from the ground from decay of an isotope of uranium to radium to radon gas. And uh, so it's based on geology. Yeah, I remember all those you elements. No problem. Yeah. And uh, basically where your house or property is located has the biggest factor of whether you'll have a high concentration of radon. There's always radon in the air everywhere around us, just like mm -hmm. there's always mold everywhere in the air around us. And that's a small concentration. But once you put a box over the ground and try to capture it, which you're house is the box, then it can get higher. Now there's certain areas where it's higher and the state publishes maps where it's on average higher. Um, and it's kind of the bottom corners of our county are the highest concentrations, even though it can be anywhere. So East Rochester, for example, is about the lowest concentration, yeah. which is where it my office like is. So I yeah. feel clean breathing in my office. Um, and 
for, I'd say, about 35 years. We never had a high radon test in East Rochester. Then we finally had one. So we mm. can say there was one high was radon. One. What, uh, <laughs> what, in, what influences um, <clears throat> whether um, you have uh, a, high, uh, a high reading or not? I mean, is there something it's geological more, It's geological. On? So what you're built over as well as the porosity of the soil. So like in Menden, there's a lot, and it's the geology, plus it's kind of a rocky soil that lets that radon up into the house mm-hmm. more easily. Um, it's also construction type. You know, city of Rochester doesn't have that high of a concentration, but sometimes I wonder, is that just because all the houses are 100 years old and there's plenty of natural ventilation? Hmm. I mean, if right. you open all your windows, you're going to be more like the outside air. So I think that's part of it, too. You get these new tight houses, and you're much more likely to have high radon than you are in an old leaky farmhouse where there's ghosts in the attic. Right. There's the right, ghost right. again. Um, so <laughs> when you when you when you uh, put the test kit um, in, it's it's in the basement, right? Yeah. Typically, the standard is the lowest usable level of the house. So if you could use it for a workshop or something, we'll put it in the basement. Now um, I've heard, and I don't know whether this is true or not, um, that if you don't have a basement, you don't need to do a radon test. Um, there's a less, uh, lower likelihood of finding a high level, but I wouldn't say you don't have to. And in fact, I know a realtor who had us do one and he's on a slab on grade house in uh, Penfield Brighton area mm-hmm. and it came back high. Okay. And then, uh, he went to get it reduced and the guy putting the system in basically caught his house on fire and his house oh. burnt down. Ah. Well, and, uh, that's a different sort so, of problem. So, so that might be a reason you don't want to test for radon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So that was, I shouldn't laugh about that, but it, uh, basically I was doing him a favor to do a radon test, and then that favor kind of kind of backfired. And uh, and uh, quickly, because I think we're starting we're to push. We're getting close uh, to time here. Yeah. We're pushing our time. Yep. Um, how do you mitigate radon? Uh, you put a ventilation system in. So you just ventilate. So, yeah, if you got a modern house, it's a little easier with adding it to the drainage system. And if you got an older house, it could be multiple pipes, and it depends on the, the radon readings, too. Mm-hmm. If it's extremely high level, you put a different type of system in. Uh, we've had houses come back as high as 250. Anything four or higher is considered high. And outdoors, it's about 0.4 when you're just walking around. Wow. Okay. Great. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, before we wrap up with Tom, uh, I will ask one more question, and then we can talk about how people can reach you. If people are considering an inspector, what makes you different from the others, and how should someone choose uh, an inspector? Uh, like we said, one main thing is that we're all engineers, so we have a more logical way of thinking about things, I think. We're also some of the most experienced, so I think experience counts. Um, I mean, you can look at reviews, but take those with a grain of salt always, because there's always going to be some interesting situations there. Right. Um, but asking your agent for experience uh, is always good. But ask around to other people, relatives, friends that live in the area, what their experience has been, and and go off of that. Um, so, you know, I encourage people to ask around, but uh, we'd like to think we're the best just because we've got the most experience and... Uh, and I've been doing this a long time. Okay. And what's the best way to reach you? Multiple ways? Give me a Multiple number. ways. I mean, our phone number is 585-385-4766. And uh, it's uh, www.warreninspect.com. And our email is engineers at warreninspect.com. So you can find us any of those ways. Just, go- just Google us, Warren Engineering, and you'll find we'll come up right away other than some other engineering company in South or North Carolina that has nothing to do with us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tom. And speaking of 
things to eat like donuts, I think it's time for Carmen, Carmen Cooks. Cooks. So, what's on today's plate for Carmen? Cooks? Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, my favorite time of the year is uh, harvest time. Mm-hmm. You can pick fresh veggies out of uh, your garden. And uh, <clears throat> just last weekend, um, we, uh, my son and I, son Jack here, uh, picked um, a bunch of uh, really ripe tomatoes. I've got two kinds of uh, tomatoes this year, um, uh, three actually, but one's an Amish paste, another one is a, um, an heirloom um, mm. uh, variety. Like, okay. Uh, and uh, I mean, the, these guys are like over a pound each. That's how oh big these tomatoes are. They're huge, right? Um, and they're very meaty inside. They're not all watery and stuff. Uh-huh. But uh, so, you know, what do you do with a bunch of tomatoes? You make sauce, right? Um, so we talked um, a couple episodes ago about, uh, you know, uh, regular Sunday sauce with mm-hmm. meat sauce and so forth. But, you know, I want to want to talk a little bit about my secret ingredient for marinara sauce. And right. uh, that is um, peppers, sweet peppers. They just add a phenomenal flavor to the sauce and if you get like the sweet banana type not a bell pepper yep. uh, but something that that's uh has a thinner um skin right uh and it sort of just dissolves into the sauce so you don't even know that it's there but the flavor is there and it's fantastic so i highly recommend it do you uh, mince them yeah chop, you just chop. just cut them up you okay. know what i do is i i start with uh my uh my onion and uh garlic and get that going in uh you know some uh, uh olive oil and then uh, and then i'll throw in uh, the peppers and then i'll add the tomatoes that so good. yeah it's just uh, it's just a, try it it adds a flavor like you just wouldn't believe i will yeah all good right stuff. great well, thanks everyone again for listening and watching another episode of the Carmen Sense Podcast. A common sense approach to real estate. And Carmen, how can people reach you again? Uh, 585-233-4119. That's a mobile number and uh, does receive text messages, which is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Uh, or email carmen.lenardo at uh, remax.net. Uh, visit our Facebook page and uh, you know um, check out our uh, other podcasts on YouTube. Uh, YouTube and um, and uh, like us and do all of that fun stuff. Yeah, rate us on your your favorite platform wherever you find us and uh, kindly be uh, nice to us. Thanks to Fitz again here at Rockvox for all of your podcast and video needs. You got to go to rockvox.com. He does an amazing job. He really does. It's a fantastic studio, it's and you should studio. see how clean this. I wish people clean. could see how clean it is we're, and sanitized. And- we're we're distance from each other and everything it's very safe i yeah. highly recommend it so yeah. give fitz a call and, and you can find me at uh, right creative creative.net for all your hosting writing and voiceover needs and i'm kurt Boomershank with carmen leonardo and tom Werzer from warren engineering thanks for joining us today on the carmen sense podcast awesome see you next time see you